0: Alrighty, well, um, today's lesson is is about persevering in failures. So how do we how do we think about that? How many of you would say that you've ever, in your mind, the way you define it, you've failed in evangelism, either in not doing it or or in doing it wrongly? All right, um, yeah, that can happen. Uh, <laughs> I think anybody who's being active in trying to share the gospel is going to going to feel that, right? Um, and <laughs> um, so this, this lesson is intended to help us to, to process it together, think about it, um, and then be able to make sure we're thinking about um, failure uh, through, a, through, a, through a biblical lens in a way that can be, be helpful and not debilitating. So um, why don't we just start with the, this first one here. Number one, um, we need to rightly define success and failure. Rightly define success and failure. What are some ways that we can be tempted to think wrongly about what success and failure is in evangelism? What are some, some ways that, wrong ways that we might say, Oh, this is, this is what success should be, or this is what failure is. What are some, some wrong ways? Anthony? Okay. Okay. So if if you didn't if you didn't close the deal, right? So if you, if you share the gospel and you didn't didn't get them to pray the prayer, or uh, maybe you did get them to pray the prayer, and then you feel guilty because you're like, did I coerce them into it, or um, you know, or you didn't see somebody get born again, right? Like the the heavens didn't open up, light didn't shine down, a dove didn't fall upon them, and, you know, I mean, like that didn't happen. Okay. Good. What what are some other, um, yeah, m- maybe wrong ways to think about. Um, success and failure yeah Kevin? like saying
1: the wrong thing like not maybe quoting the bible wrong or giving the wrong reference or okay Feeling like you weren't
0: helpful okay yeah so maybe you just feel like you you stumbled over your words maybe you maybe you just couldn't remember any bible like you were trying to think of bible verses and then you walked away and you are like i i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't think of what <laughs> what to say right okay good
2: I think uh, sometimes <coughs> um, when we don't have answers to their questions or objections, mm-hmm. we may feel like, well, I failed because I didn't have, you know, I couldn't answer that. It's
0: mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Somebody asks you, so, you know, what about the dinosaurs? And you're like, oh, I never thought about dinosaurs. I don't know. Um, you know, or whatever it may be, something like that. What about the person who's never heard and you don't have an answer that you feel like you're able to, uh, to, to give them? Good. Yeah, I think it's helpful to understand that there are right and wrong ways to think about success and failure in, in evangelism, okay? So, um, so what, what might be a right way to think about, about success? How should we, by the way, first of all, this will be clear, I don't like those words, but we, we live in, those are the words we use, okay? So, uh, I don't like them, I don't think they're as helpful, and we'll see why as we go through, but, but let's, uh, you know, for conversation's sake... What what's maybe a right way to think about success, if you will, in, in evangelism? What is what is that? Being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Okay, good. So so you you by faith attempted to rely upon the Holy Spirit and and proclaim proclaim the gospel. Okay, good,
1: good. And trusting
0: the work. Yeah, and trusting that, that He's the one who's doing the work in it. Excellent, good. Yeah. Anything else you'd add to that? Good. So, so being faithful with what the word says, uh, and and giving it to someone in the best of your uh, ability. You're, you're you're trying to be faithful with what this is what the word says. Here you go. Okay. Good. Yeah. Anything else? You'd put fear in God the. More than fear of man. Good. Yeah. So your your posture of your heart is rightly oriented, to where we fear God more than we fear people. Okay. Good. Anything else you throw into that? I think those are excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to try to. You know, give Jesus a makeover to make him more palatable so that they'll receive him. Yeah, so you're not gonna do that Yeah.
1: Um, I think trusting God to to work and accomplish salvation and mm-hmm. not seeking to do it on our
0: own strength. Good. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah, these are oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. So those are, all, those are all good elements to think about faithfulness, right? Relying upon the Holy Spirit, humility before the Lord, fearing God, not fearing people, and letting that be debilitating, or allowing your fear of God to be greater than your fear of people, <laughs> and, um, and, and faithfully state, yeah. So the way I've always thought of it is... Um, is the way that Bill Bright, who's the founder of, of, of now Crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, he always talked about faithfully sharing the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results up to God. That's the way that I've always thought about what, what it means to, to have success, is that I'm faithfully sharing the gospel, so I'm saying what the Bible says, this is true things, not watering it down, trying to be as honest with someone, not lying to them about God, right? Faithfully sharing the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit, meaning there's a, there's a humble dependence knowing that unless the spirit works here, I, nothing's going to happen, right? So I can't voodoo somebody into to believing. Um, and leaving the results to God. That there is a, a humility uh, in trusting God to bring results. That you don't need to coerce somebody into to doing or believing something. So, all right, that's good um, success. What are maybe some some legitimate failures, okay? So, uh what what are things you're like? No, I think this would actually be a a if you will again. I don't love these words, but failure, um, a way to be failing in evangelism. Okay, so I've I've got four here. So we're gonna play family family feud uh, and see see if you can come up with these these four and if and I'll see if we can add some more if we need to. But what are some ways you would say? I think it would be a we could categorize it as yeah. I, I dropped the ball there. I wasn't faithful there. I didn't honor the Lord there because the evangelism went this way or this happened during it. What would be what would be one? Okay. Tell me more about that. why didn't you take it?
1: And you fear man more you don't take that opportunity?
0: Okay, very good. So that would be our number one answer would be uh You're rebellious. God says, proclaim the gospel, and you say, no. How many of you have ever done that before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, most people don't hear from heaven on this, and the Lord just saying, go talk to this person. But there's, you know, right? Jonah chapter 1 says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. The Lord told Jonah, go preach in Nineveh. And Jonah took a boat going the exact opposite way to Tarshish. He said, he said, no. Brothers and sisters, you can know the Lord and disobey Him in a way that's not okay. That just because you're under grace, that you get to just like be like, no, I don't want to do it, Lord. Because this is where Jesus would say to us, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Um, so if that instance occurs to where we know that we just said, no, Lord, I'm not doing that. How should we re- respond? What should, what should happen after that? We should repent. Yeah. The only right response to our rebellion is repentance. Um, but it's, this would be, a, I think, a legit category for failure. I just said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not doing it. No. Okay. All right. What's, what's, an, what's another, maybe? What's an, another reason? An, something else you might say. And again, some of these may be connected, uh, but another, another sort of failure. Okay, good, so that would be not on my top four, but I'll put it on my five, so next year's class we'll, <laughs> we'll get the benefit of it, is uh, is hypocrisy. Good, can anybody think of a scripture that might go well with that? I don't know if it's a
2: particular passage, but I think of uh, Romans uh, chapter two, where Paul's talking about, you know, you, you say, you, keep, uh, you preach the law. Romans two? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not
2: remembering the exact verses, but he said, you know, if you say do not steal, do you do this? It's good. So
0: mm-hmm. that'd be good. How about how about Jesus with the Pharisees? Oh, yeah. Do as they say, but not as they they do, right? Where Jesus says, actually, a lot of the things they're saying are true, but don't model the way that they're coming about it because they're they've got a wicked heart. So that should have been in there. So that will be number five. But that's good. Okay. So that would be we could call that a. a Fail, having failure in evangelism. Okay, good. Yep. How about like you know an outright, uh,
2: and I think you you may be alluding to it, but a, a denial, you know of you know maybe for fear. Okay. Uh, like we see Peter doing.
0: Good. Uh, Why don't you read for us, Luke? Uh, so so this would be answer number two, is cowardly. You want me to read the entire 45 uh, to 62 or just? Um, whatever's appropriate. Yeah. Sorry. Okay.
2: No, that's fine.
0: Um, this is Jesus has been taken away about to be crucified, they're beating him, and Peter is at the fire. All right? Okay. Luke uh,
2: 22. Chapter uh, uh, Then they seized him and led him away, uh, bringing him uh, into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as He sat in the light and looking closely at him said, this man also was with him. But he denied it saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted saying, certainly this man also was with him for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster Mm crowed.
0: Peter was afraid. What was he afraid of? Yeah, because yeah, he, I mean, it's not far. You can see Jesus is getting beat on right now and spit on and mocked and they, they're going to kill him. And Peter knows it. So he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to reap the fruit of being associated with Jesus. Now you can, you could take that out in a whole lot of different ways. Maybe you don't want to die, which I mean, don't want to, right? But what are some other things that might be behind cowardliness? What might push you to be cowardly about about either saying, Yeah, I'm I'm a Christian? Um, or or you know, like for Shanna to to never tell her uh um Personal trainer, like, what are you reading? I'm reading the news. I read the news a lot, which is true, but, you know, I read <laughs> dodging that you're talk, reading a book about, about Christ, right? So uh, what, what might tempt you that way about cowardliness? What, is it, what are you afraid of? Social death. Social death, yeah. All of a sudden, you're not going to be invited to things anymore. You're going to be turned away from at the water cooler. You're going to be ostracized socially. You're going to be the weirdo, all that kind of stuff, yeah. That's legit which, by the way, Paul is just generally to help us see the world we live in. Remember, the world is a satanic system set up to draw you away from trusting in God. If you don't think that the social media age that is, in one sense, all about fostering ego and look at me, look at me, isn't about making you a coward for Jesus, then you need to, need to rethink what's happening there. Because it's, it's teaching you to, th- to put yourself out there as, as you to gain following, but all right. Any other things that might tempt you to be cowardly? Professional mm-hmm. yeah. Lose your job, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's lots of reasons we might be cowardly. I know for me this is this is one of the, the areas that I can fail in, in most. So, so again, number one is re- rightly defined success and failure. Number one, A, was rebellious. Number two was cowardliness. Uh, the other two are kind of connected. Anybody want to take a take a stab at what it could be? What's another way that, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're self-focused. You're self-focused? Uh-huh. What do you mean? I mean, you know, first that you mentioned here. Okay. about love. Yeah. It's sacrificial success. It's center around Yeah. So the word I had there was, was loveless. You can have loveless evangelism. I mean, you know, you can think of, of people out there with, a you know, God hates you because you're a sinner, um, which is actually biblically true. I, the Lord hates the wicked. It's in the Bible, right? So the Lord hates the wicked. Um, he loves them too, um, and that's why he sent his son to die for him, right? But that is true, but is that the, is that the best way to do evangelism? No, no it's not. Uh, how many of you have ever done loveless evangelism before? So one time, my sister, sister fell in love with this a Frenchman um, in France. And she was there as an au pair. And she told me that they were, they were going to get married. So I did what any brother would do. So I bought a plane ticket, and I flew to France, and I took him out for dinner. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we talked. And um, he was an atheist. And yeah, we just had a conversation, and I said a lot of true things, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, later on, he, he professed faith, and um, you know, for the first two years of their marriage, really look, looked like he's a believer, I'm unsure right now, but earlier on, he told me, he's like, you know, it worked. He goes, but please don't ever do that to anyone else again. <laughs> he's like, that's, that's not the way to, to tell people about Jesus, and he's right, because there was not there was, not a, there was more love for my sister than there was for him or even for the Lord. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can be loveless in your evangelism. Yeah.
1: A um,
2: you know, little flag immediately comes up. Uh, I mean, I think we need to be careful that we don't associate, you know, that telling the truth of God's wrath. Uh, and the, uh, the reality of hell, and et cetera, and the fact that mm-hmm. you know it's, it can be loveless,
0: mm-hmm. can be. but
2: if it's not necessarily loveless, sure. it's also loving that you don't want to you know leave yep. your family in the house when it's burning
0: I and mean, you're yep. trying to get them out. So. Yep. so I think that's a good clarification because in our day and age, the idea is that if you tell somebody something that offends them, that that's that's bigotry and hateful. That's not reality. You tell people the truth. So, um, but there is a way to speak the truth in love. Uh, that's a command. So there is a way to speak the truth, not in love as well. And that's, that's kind of what we're, we're going after. And that one's a little bit more subjective. Uh, but I think it requires prayerfulness. Lord, help me to love this person. There are people that we're sharing the gospel with that are really hard to love. Um, that that it's, it's difficult to, to, to share with. So, but I think it's a really good caveat. So thank you for that. That's good. The other one here is um, letter C is, is connected to it. It would be f- forceful. So it's kind of the opposite of cowardly uh, to where you're, it, the Lord really hasn't opened a door and you're just gonna make a door. <laughs> and you're kicking in a door and you're, you're, you're making it happen in a way where it seems like it's not the right time. Um, and again, this again is subjective. This isn't, you don't get like a green light over somebody's head to where you're like, time to go. And in, I think one of the examples in this, and again, it could be tied to, to, to letter D, um, when you think about Job's friends, Job's friends said a lot of true things. A lot of true things. But they, they, they didn't only say true things. They mischaracterized the Lord as well and went after Job in ways that yeah, weren't appropriate. I'm not sure it's the best example. I was trying to think of an example uh, biblically on this. So you can, hold, you can put an asterisk next to this one but I, I think there have been times where, I know the Lord's working on somebody, but it's, it's just not the right, I'll tell you an example. <laughs> One time, right after I became a Christian, um, there, was a, there was a group of us who all used to hang out together, and um, I was brand new believer, very zealous. We were all out at a bar, and I was, I was there, there was, a, there was a girl there, another girl, another guy, and we were all talking, and they were asking me questions about, like, what has happened to you? <laughs> like, why are you—and I just start really going a, a little bit aggressively at this girl about the gospel and how she needs to repent and about her how her life is dangerous and how all this kind of stuff. The fact is, everything I said was true, but, um, like, three days earlier, she had received news that her mother had cancer, and— You could just, it was just not the time for me to go in on that. Everything I said was true, but it wasn't thoughtful, it wasn't loving, it wasn't sensitive to the moment, to what was going on. And I think I hurt her, and I would imagine probably turned her off to the gospel. uh, Again, in a way that I have to trust the Lord that he can work in the midst of that. Who knows how he used it long term. But I, I remember that as an instance where I was like, I was being pushy there in a way where the Lord hadn't seemed to open a door. Now the hard thing about most of these here is that they're a bit subjective, right? Um, and I think we have to we have to know that's a part of a reality because God doesn't send us emails with grades after every evangelism attempt. But these are these are, are categories uh, that I think are helpful for us to to have, to have and and think about. Any questions, comments, thoughts about any any of these um, before we, we press on a little bit more? So again, rightly defined success and failure, rebellious. Um, cowardly, forceful, loveless, and hypocrisy to add one there. Yeah, Karen. think you want to be you want to be have wisdom toward outsiders you want to have um, you want to be you know, shrewd a serpent innocent as a dove so I, th- I think it every situation is gonna be a little different if you know you have a long-term relationship no meaning we don't we don't know when people are gonna die and all of that kind of stuff but if if you're at work I think it makes sense to try and pace yourself and think about what does it look like for me to to gain um, credibility in the eyes of people by my love and and not not shying away though you know I mean it's you know first day they're like hey what are you doing this weekend sure tell them you're going to church you know I mean like that's do those sorts of things um, but I, th- I think you want to do it with wisdom and prayerfulness and in the context of other believers hey how should I think about my witness at this place right so Guard yourself then from becoming passive and just being like, well, I'm just going to wait a couple years and then, then I'll, you know, like that's not the answer either. Right. Um, so this is where it's, it's, you're in a real relationship with Jesus representing him with real people and you're going to need constant wisdom from him. Um, but I, I do think pacing yourself in different relationships is going to look different based on, on what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're next to somebody on the plane, there's probably a more of an urgency to to try and press a little bit there and see if there's an open door and if so take it then you might be it's your first day at work just because of of you know the nature of what's going on. So Any other comments, thoughts, questions? Yeah. I think it's to just remember that God
1: in his sovereign plan for his people uses persecution to emerge.
0: persecuted, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's good, so I, I would say, yes, yes, there's verses about, like, if they're coming after you, flee to another city, Jesus gives those, but that's where you're about to die, I, I don't think Christians should try to avoid persecution, in the sense of, and and uh, Prasun's gonna, um, he comes from a persecuted country uh, in India, and he's going to, later on in the semester, talk about how do we think about persecution in the gospel, but, um, yeah, I don't think you should just dodge it like, oh, if I say something here, they're not going to like me. Like, that's not a good reason to not speak up. <laughs> right. good. Uh, last thing, soon, yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the challenge is,
0: Would you turn to Romans 8.1 in light of that? And that's going to bring us to number two. So I think we need to rightly success, uh, define success and failure in our mind. Keep it, keep it straight as to what God actually says is going on. Um, have legit categories and try to not sin in those ways. Um, and, and then at the same time, when we do have an instrument, so even like so, so just feeling convicted over what happened this weekend, right? With with what in his mind perceives as a, as maybe a missed opportunity there. Um, one of the most important things you do is, is number two um, rest in the gospel. Rest in the gospel. Go ahead and read us Romans 8:1 there Prasoon. There is therefore now no condemnation for
1: those who are in Christ Jesus.
0: Good. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So brothers and sisters, one of the things you gotta remember is that you need the gospel that you're proclaiming to other people. So (laughs) Satan will accuse you, you will get in your own mind and thinking up all kinds of stuff as well and and have lots of just negative thinking. This is why we have to continually have our mind and our heart shaped by God's word and by what he says about us in, in Christ. The gospel you proclaim is the same gospel you rest in. So believe that if you do fail again, don't love that word, but if you if you do, that it's not like God is taking your name out of the book of life. It's not like he you know he he, you're still loved in Christ. You're still justified in Christ. You still have a standing of His as a child in Christ. And that and the reason that's so important is because what that's going to do is it's going to move you toward repentance. It's going to help you to say, I am loved. Lord, please forgive me for that. And, and, and thank you for your forgiveness. And help me to rest in that. And thank you that my, <laughs> your love for me is not based on a scorecard, right? That I don't get a, it's not, it's not like that. So your confidence and your help in the midst of all of this is the good news that Jesus came to save sinners like you and like me and rose from the dead. And now is your righteousness and your ever interceding high priest. And this is. This is, your, this is your help. So as you fail, run back to the gospel that you believe and rest in it. Okay, Rest in the gospel. Anybody have any questions about that? It's, it's straightforward, but it's something that we can very easily forget. Just wallow in self, self-guilt. Yep.
1: Something yeah. here and that was not in
0: yeah. We did all that before you came in, we did the, we, all, we don't like those words, oh, so yeah, so, but it's good, but it's, yeah, keep going. Yeah, God. so it's like, I think back to the, you know, Jesus talk, talking about the sower and mm-hmm. the harvester. Good. And such, and
1: like, you know, for pursuing, like, you're sharing the gospel, you're sowing, you may not be the one harvest. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Good. keeping those kind of mental categories in mind of like mm-hmm. what, what role am I supposed to be playing in the moment yeah. can help with that. That's good. So if we even go back to the, um, the words of success and failure, I think it'd be helpful to, if we we're going to baptize those um, and, <laughs> and uh, give them Christian thought, we might, we might call it faithful and sinful. Right, so this is really what it's gonna come down to is are we giving in to trusting the Lord and following him in faithfulness or are we giving in to these temptations? All right? So it's good good stuff, Jared. Alright, number three, this is I think a helpful one. anybody have Proverbs eighteen fifteen handy there? Anybody get, grab it for me? Proverbs eighteen fifteen? Out loud if you have it, Yep. Yeah. No, you got it. Go ahead. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise speaks knowledge. Number three, learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. This is one of the things my mentor, Tommy Nelson, the guy who taught me the Bible, I always watched him, how he, he was wonderful at answering questions. And he said the reason that he got that way is because he did so much evangelism as an early Christian that Whenever somebody would ask him a question, he said, "They may get me once, but they won't get me twice," (laughs) meaning if he didn't know the answer to something, he was going to go home and find out and come back and say, "Hey, listen, I don't know if you really cared about whether Adam and Eve had a belly button or not, but here's here's my take on that: (laughs) that no, because they were created. Okay? Now everybody else has since because they're born, but um, or you know whatever that that's not the best example. But um, you know what about the the person? What happens to the person who's never heard? Right?" Like That's a really hard question that you've got to think through and wrestle with. So learn from your mistakes. So if you, if you have been cowardly, you want to learn from, Lord, what, why did I do that? Help me to be ready to not do that. Or if there was a, an objection or a question that came at you that you didn't feel like you were equipped to answer, lear, learn from what happened and go back and study. Ask for help. This is one of the reasons that doing evangelism in the context of a community uh, is, is really, really helpful, right, so um, what can you learn from that conversation, and, and I think that is something that's lost in this, in our day and age of quickness, is stopping and meditating and thinking and praying and saying, God, what do you want me to learn from that? How can I, and the next time something like that happens, how would you want me to respond? What should I say? Okay, yeah, Dan. great yeah and that's that's a huge part of of everything that we're talking about throughout this whole course is it's not just you but it's all of us sharing the gospel together so and that that gives another good highlight as to why good number four number four um encourage each other this comes back to even what dan was was getting at after there encourage each other um somebody go to hebrews 10 24 and 25 Hebrews 10, 24, and 25.
2: Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit itself, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing
0: near. Good. So now this is, if you haven't studied these verses, like, recently or ever, these would be some really important verses to come back on and think about what is the Christian life. So why don't you read it again?
2: Let us consider how to
0: stir one another to love and good works. Pause. Let us consider, give intentional thought, how to stir one another up. That word is often used negatively for provoke, what an older brother does to a younger sibling, right? Provoke to anger. Well, you want to provoke to love and good works. How can I thoughtfully help Katie to keep sharing the gospel, right? How can, I, how can I do that? How can I thoughtfully help Justin at work to show good works and show love to those who are there who don't, don't know him, right? So how can we, we're intentionally, notice here, not thinking about ourselves, but we're intentionally thinking about others. Which assumes at a level of relationship that's going on, that we know each other and we're doing this together as Dan highlighted, okay? So keep going after that part. Not so, this is why Christian community is essential. One of the reasons is we're, don't do this by yourself. We're gathering together to help fuel this. And then? But
2: encouraging one another, and all the more as
0: you see the day drawing near. Encourage one another, and all the more. So, increasingly so, as the day of Christ returning draws near. Meaning, all of us have the mindset Jesus is returning. And as, because he's coming, we should be encouraging each other more and more and more, right? So this is helpful in the midst of our struggles and our failures, our, our sin. Um, how? How does that help? How can this help you? How can a community doing evangelism together, how can it help you? Dan, you pointed out one way. We can, we can he- hear other angles that somebody might have that we have missed. That's good. What else? Share
1: suffering.
0: Yeah you're sharing your sufferings, you're bearing one another's burdens, it's hard, right, you're weeping over people who reject the gospel together, it's good you also get courage I think it's one of the reasons Jesus sent them out two by two is there's courage when you're going out with somebody else um, that the Lord just gives you somebody, somebody else there you know anything else? That's good. Yeah. So as we share testimonies, that's one of the reasons we do that is because there'll be connections with, oh, I've been through that, or oh, man, that reminds me, I should share the gospel with this person or whatever. So good. Yeah. Oh, Karen, did you have your hand up? Oh, you, okay. Sorry. Anything else about ways of doing this in community can be helpful. Okay. This is. I'm vi- oh, sorry. You did have something.
1: To reapproach yep. from from a God, in, in a godly way, in an way. Mm-hmm. and in a loving way, and that accountability in the Christian community is really spectacular mm-hmm. because you're trusting based on God's word and and yeah. that thing that binds you all together. So it is a trustworthy place to like lean to. Yep,
0: it's good. Yeah, and I think it also can get evangelism back on your radar. Sometimes it's just easy to just be going and going and going. And you haven't thought about trying to share the gospel with anybody in, in a month or two or something like that. And somebody says to you, so, hey, how's, how's sharing the gospel going? And you're like, oh, that. I don't know. I haven't in forever. Thank you. I need to, I need to repent. Like, let's go. So that's good. And then number five, this kind of alludes to something that Jerry said a moment ago. Um, trust that, that God is, is working. Trust that God's working. <laughs> You just don't know how every encounter that that you have with somebody is going to be used by the Lord. We just don't. We don't. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are not (laughs) not our thoughts. Uh, His timing isn't our timing. Just remember, you haven't seen the end of the story. You you haven't seen how God's going to use your attempt or the encounter or to, to spur you on, to do, you just, it's, it's impossible for us to see what God sees and to know what God knows and how he's going to use um, certain, yeah, interactions, right? Um, let's go over to Acts 18 for just a moment. We're gonna, we'll conclude with this and then we'll spend some time in, in any more discussion and, and then some prayer. Um, Acts 18, just watch how the Lord encourages Paul when things aren't going so well uh, in Corinth. Now, when you think of Corinth, you think, man, there's a lot of, a lot of ministry that went on there. But, um, but, but watch, how, watch how it initially went. So somebody pick up for us Acts chapter 18. We're going to go 1 through 11. So watch, watch how things were going, and then watch how the Lord encourages Paul. Somebody out loud.
1: For they were tent makers by trade, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus, and when they
0: What did the Lord say to Paul? I'm with you. I'm with you. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have, many in this city. I have many in this city. Think about that. Paul didn't see what the, what the Lord saw. The Lord saw all of these unconverted elect who he's like, uh, you haven't found everybody yet. <laughs> Don't leave. Um, there's more work to do here. And I've just always been comforted by that, to where, you know, this is kind of a, a similar quotation to um, Elijah's ministry, where he says, am I alone left? And he says, no, there's 6,000 people haven't bowed to Baal. he's like, oh, I didn't, didn't know that. Um, well, in the same way, we don't know who the Lord has in our midst, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities. And our job is to know that... <laughs> evidently there's still people who need to believe because he hasn't taken us home yet Um, and we need to keep proclaiming and trusting that God is working and remember that God will work often at a pace that we will not and and most of us most of us will not see the fruit of most of the ministry we do yet until the last day right of give you a picture of that. I hope this is encouraging to you. This is from Mark Dever's little book on gospel and personal evangelism. It's one of my favorite stories, so I'll just read you the paragraph. It took a long time for the conversion of Mr. Short. He was a New England farmer who lived lived to be 100 years old. Sometime in the middle of the 1700s, he was sitting in his fields reflecting on his long life. As he did, he recalled a sermon that he had heard in England as a boy before he sailed to America. The horror of dying under the curse of God was impressed upon him as he meditated on the words he had heard so long ago and was converted to Christ. Eighty-five years after hearing John Flavel preach. The preacher John Flavel had been a faithful evangelist 85 years earlier, and he was wiser than to have thought that that day he had preached the sermon, he would quickly see all its fruit. 85 years later, that gospel seed popped up. (laughs) So just remember, you don't have a clue what God's doing. And our job is not to have a clue. Our job is to know that God knows, and that He is good, and that He will bring about fruit in His perfect time. So our job is to faithfully share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results up to God. Just keep throwing seed, praying, repenting where we need to, doing this together, Resting in the gospel that we believe and and seeking to, to learn and grow all the more so that we can be all the more faithful, but but to not be yeah, discouraged and despairing when things don't go the way they should. So Jeff, praise God for what you view to be a, a missed opportunity. We'll trust that the, you'll learn from that, and the Lord will give grace, and we'll all be like, Jeff, we understand, and <laughs> Lord help us, you know so um, because I can, I can hear how even even you sharing that here could give all of us courage to like, no, let's let's be faithful next time, right? And this is what we're gonna we're gonna strive to do. So, um, and we'll also pray. Maybe they come back. So, um, who knows? Um. All right. Well, any any other questions, comments, thoughts before we spend a little bit of time in prayer to to close out our time? Anything else from this morning's lesson? All right, what I'd like us to do then is we've got about five minutes for prayer. So um, let's use it and encourage you to pray um, for people specifically by name. Pray for the Lord to set up opportunities. Pray for our church. Pray for you individually. Pray however you would feel led and you think would be, be helpful. Um, yeah, and I'll close this out here in, in a few minutes. So... Um, Jerry, would you open us up in prayer?